pipe is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out through other pipes to create sound. The Big Rap Show Podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads, played by some of the top bands around the world, including our current champion of champions in Vararian District, and of course the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rap Show Podcast. Hello there, welcome along to another Big Rap Show Podcast! Episode 99, baby! Yeah, we're one episode away from our big one. Episode 100! <laughs> yeah, I'm all sorts of stupidly excited for it, man. Uh, so forgive me if I seem a little bit giddy on this week's podcast. You're going to have to bear with me because I'm all sorts of stupidly excited. Episode 100. Now, I have to say, straight out the door... Uh, for those of you who have been checking out our Patreon page, you guys have been clicking the support button in your droves, actually. We've got tons of people who've been clicking that button, all trying to get access to our episode 100. Yes, <laughs> because we have released episode 100 uh, now two weeks early ahead of release. So you can go and listen to episode 100 now, which was our recording of our big live event in the Terrace Hotel in Marafelt. The whole thing was recorded live, a big celebration event of our episode 100. It's all up there now on our Patreon page. So all you have to do is go, click support, and yeah, for the same as a price of a cup of coffee for the month, you can get tons of extra content. Now... Yeah, episode 100 is up there and loads of you have already been enjoying it as such and we've already been getting messages in saying how much fun it is. Now, I do have to bear in mind that I have been struggling with the decision whether to release it as one episode or not because it is so long. It is a long listen. It's over over two hours, I think. The whole live show itself, in actuality, lasted over three and a half. So to get it down to two and, two and a bit, yeah, was nothing short of a miracle. So with that in mind... Be prepared. It is a live concert. The whole thing, warts and all. I took your advice. You guys were emailing in and telling me, just release the whole thing and don't bother trying to cut it and stuff. So, no problem. That's exactly what I did. (laughs) So, with that in mind, go along to our... Yeah, go along to our Patreon page. I'm getting distracted here. Too many messages. Go along to our Patreon page. Click on support button and you can can get access to episode 100. Now, we also have tons of videos up there as well. Video footage from the night was all uploaded in full HD, 1080p. Sound is incredible as well. We've done a bit of a work on there. The the stuff is amazing. So thank you, first of all, to Aaron McElwain, who put the videos together. Shout out to you, Aaron. Thank you. And to the rest of the guys in the Rab Show team who worked on the live streaming and the actual putting together of the show itself. And ah. Anyway, to cut a very long story short, you're going to want to go to our Patreon page. Click the support button. It's never been the better time to go and click that button because you'll get your hands on tons of extra content. For the same as a price of a cup of coffee. There you go. Right. Now, with that in mind, let's give a shout out to our patrons. Who, the list is getting longer. <laughs> so, shout out goes to Josh McEachern, Grant Rennie, Brandon Moreno, LoneStarPiper.com, Source Bagpipes, Horace Kilts, Joe Brady, and Tim Hutchison. You guys are awesome! Yeah, thank you so much. So there you go, guys. You get a shout out in episode 99. Not bad. Now, like I said last week... Yeah, I wanted your emails. And unfortunately, there hasn't been too many. Loads of people actually seem to be really busy. What seems to be happening at the moment is that loads of people are working through our back catalogue. Seems to be people are getting caught up on the podcast. And a lot of people still talking about judging. Judging seems to be the number one topic that keeps rearing its head. So don't worry, we may well revisit judging again. We've already done two parts on it now. One from the player's point of view... The next one from the judge's point of view. So I don't know. If you want to give me a third perspective, what other way can we come at this problem? Let me know. Mail us in. BigRabShow at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. All right. Man, it has been a bit of a crazy week in the piping world. You may think this is December and nothing really happens in December, surely. Well, I can tell you, you are wrong. It has been an absolutely nuts week. (laughs) 
Okay, let's get into, first of all, some less controversial news before we get into the big story. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen the topic of the week. Let's talk about the British Drum Company. Yes, we know British Drum Company already have been signing up people from the piping world, uh, the drumming world, I should say, uh, the pipe and drumming world, and they have, yeah, picked some of the big celebrities in the game. They have Gareth McLees, of course, Jim Kilpatrick, of course, David Schneiden, and now they have just announced that Rachel Tom will be... Yeah, signed up by the British Drum Company, which is all sorts of stupidly excited. So congratulations to Rachel. Awesome news. Uh, We all know Rachel, of course. She's a current member of Glasgow Police Pipe Band. She's a member of the Drum Corps now. Uh, Yeah, and I think this past year, in 2018, she became the first female to win at the World Solos. So well done in the 18-year category. So, well done. Rachel has actually been climbing the ranks this last while. We do know that we've been following her career for quite a while, and she's been a member of the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland. She's also been uh, lead tipper of Lothian Schools, I think, from what I remember. And so, yeah, she's just seemed to be skyrocketing in the pipe band world at the moment, and here we are. She's now been signed up by the British Drum Company, which is nothing but good news by ourselves here in the piping world because it tells us that they really are looking for the future as much as signing up a legend such as jim kilpatrick having his expertise on board will certainly pay dividends but also to look towards the future and having some of the new bright stars in there like david schneiden gareth mcleese and now rachel that's just incredible news so definitely going to be interesting to see what comes from the british drum company i really am looking forward to it Anyway, so that's an exciting bit of news that happened just over the course of this past week there. Also, another little bit of news that dropped this past week, when we're talking about drummers, is David Shedden is heading for the lead tipper role at Hawthorne City Pipe Band. Yeah, did anybody catch this? Grade 2 Hawthorne City Pipe Band, based in sunny Australia in Melbourne there. Yeah, he has been signed up as new lead tipper of the band. So, of course, originally from Scotland, then... David, he's emigrated to Australia this past year. Uh, we all know David quite well in the piping world. He's had a long history with playing in Grade 1 in Scotland. He's, he's played for bands such as Boghall, Shots, Spirit of Scotland there recently. And, of course, this past season there, he was with Glasgow Police. So, we all know that David has a body of work behind him. And, of course, we've all been checking out his website and everything. And I have been actively plugging him and stuff and telling him people, go and check out what he's doing at the moment. <sighs> Yeah, I think going to be something really interesting happening there at <sighs> Hawthorne City. Hawthorne City is going to be one of those bands I really think could build to something huge. Do you know what I mean? Because their pipe major, Kyle Warren, of course, also has a huge legacy in the piping world. So, so seeing what Hawthorne managed to do at their last national championships, Hawthorne actually sounded incredible. So I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what the Shedden has to bring to the role. As I call him David, his name's Stephen. For goodness sake, Rob. Yeah, <clears throat> so looking forward to seeing what he's going to bring to the back line there at Hawthorne City. Apologies for getting your name wrong. Whoops. But yeah, Hawthorne City, new lead tipper. Going to be really excited to see what that's going to produce. Alright, let's talk about Grade 1 briefly. Not much, but briefly. Let's talk about the City of Dunedin Pipe Band. Yep, City of Dunedin, as you know, have been upgraded. Yeah, from winning the Grade 2 World Championships, the City of Dunedin Pipe Band are now officially promoted to Grade 1. And that's, yeah, a decision made by the EUSPBA, or USPBA, I think is how you pronounce it. (laughs) So, yeah, they had a meeting there not too long ago, and... The decision was made. Now, this was a little unusual, to be honest, and I'll tell you why. It's hmm, it doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> that sounds wrong, but I honestly don't want to take it away from them. They are our current Grade Two World Champions, but I would, I would ask the question: What about St Thomas? Yeah, whenever you look at St Thomas throughout the season, especially their run at the World Championships. They sounded amazing. St. Thomas Alumni Pipe Band just sounded incredible. And actually looking at the results from the two bands over the course of the season, I think St. Thomas actually managed to place ahead of them, um, if not once, maybe a couple of times throughout 2018. So why were they not considered for being upgraded as well? Hmm. St. Thomas Alumni are one of those bands that, 
Yeah, I honestly would have thought could have been available for being upgraded, but hey, I am not there with the clipboard. I don't make that decision. So here we go. City of Dunedin gets the upgrade. St. Thomas doesn't. So what will happen in 20, 2019? <clears throat> I don't know, but I tell you what, St. Thomas will be a band to be reckoned with next season, I reckon. <laughs> Definitely one to watch. All right, let's talk about the elephant in the room, shall we? The Vale of Athol. Yep, Vale of Athol pipe band. Now, this was terrible news. No matter what way you cut the onion, it's just terrible. For those of you who don't know, <clears throat> where have you been? The Vale of Athol pipe band, unfortunately, made the announcement over the course of this past week that they have had to pull the plug from competitive piping. And even that still hurts to say that. I've already read it out live on radio and that wasn't pleasant either. In recent days, we have been talking about how Gary Corkin had to pull the plug from being lead tipper of Loman and Clyde. He had to step away due to personal reasons, uh, because of his personal reasons. So there was no arguing, there was no falling out. He basically just couldn't remain at the band and had to step down. So that left a hole at Loman and Clyde. Now, within a matter of days, it was announced that Eddie Hoy, Adrian Hoy and Drum Corps all had moved to Loman and Clyde. And I think we spoke about it briefly there on last week's podcast, where, yeah, the new Drum Corps at Loman and Clyde is headed up by Eddie Hoy, who I'm sure has took a good majority of the players with him. Uh, now, as you know, Adrian Hoy was in charge of the Drum Corps at the Vale of Athol and has been for those past two seasons. So... Whenever we read that news of, yeah, they were moving to Loman and Clyde, that left a massive gaping hole in the Vale of Athol's back end. So we were wondering, what happens next for the Vale of Athol? We even asked the question on the podcast last week, well, what does this mean for the Vale? Well, we very quickly seen after last week's episode was published and uploaded and all that there, then almost within seconds after I hit the upload button and bing, this story dropped. Grade 1 Giants, the Vale of Athol Pipe Band, have reluctantly stepped away from competition following the resignation of their pipe major. Heartbreaking stuff. Adrian Cram, of course, the pipe major of the Vale, has been there at the band since the late 70s. He was playing with them during their heydays in the 80s and 90s. And, yeah, let's talk about the Vale, shall we? First of all, we'll talk about the decision to resign. Whenever you read the statement from the pipe major himself, Adrian, it kind of reads a bit scathingly. It's, it's not nice. He says, My decision was based on the fact that Adrian Hoy and his drum corps moved to Loman and Clyde last Friday. And now that's squarely pointing the finger at Eddie Hoy and the drum corps. There's no three ways around it. There, he doesn't make any secret of it. In fact, he just blatantly points the finger and says, I'm leaving because those guys left. And that's it. So he said it would have left an enormous, it would have been, sorry, an enormous struggle to find a whole new drum corps at this stage in the year. And one that he didn't want to desire to endure again. Many of the remaining band members felt the same. So this just reads like, ouch. Ouch is the word I would use. Yeah, at this time of year, movement in the piping world, especially with players moving, should really not be happening. We shouldn't be announcing that drum cores are moving or pipe cores are folding. Or you know, movement in the piping world, especially at this time in December, January, February, especially, should not happen. By this time, the crazy movement of the transfer season, as we call it, should already be over. So whenever we seen. That Eddie Hoy and co. had made the jump to Loman and Clyde, we were really surprised by it. In fact, I was borderline shocked. I was like, what? This didn't make sense. So, it all seemed to be very quick. And that's one thing I wanted to stress. It all seemed to happen so fast. Gary Corkin pulled the plug and had to step away due to personal reasons. And then within a matter of days... Boom, Eddie Hoy and all of the core are all away to Loman and Clyde. It all seemed to be seamless. Very strange. Very, very strange indeed. With that in mind, that left a huge hole in the Vale of Athol. 
and clearly you know they didn't want to have a contingency plan for something as terrible as this to happen so yeah the band has understandably made the decision to step away because it's so difficult to rebuild at this time of year so whenever you read further into the band statement it says it's with enormous regret that we have had accepted adrian's resignation but completely understand his reasons why and that's come from the band chairman kenny forsyth we could not be more grateful to him and and everything he's done for the future we will work hard and make sure it is everything it should be the Vale has deep roots in its community, enormous support and strong underlying organisation. And the next generation of players coming through, we will build on this. Now, let's just talk about the Vale again. <laughs> I didn't mention this, but let's talk about the band themselves. The band has had a massive history in the piping world. I actually was trying to do a bit of research to see how long the Vale of Athel Pipe Band were competing at Grade 1. And I couldn't find it. I couldn't see when they actually started competing in Grade 1. But suffice to say, my experience of the Vale of Athel Pipe Band was in their heyday, in the 80s and 90s, when they had that dream team, the pipe major Ian Duncan and the pipe sergeant, the legend Gordon Duncan. The Vale of Athel were one of those bands that were always really exciting to see. I honestly, my own personal opinion, I couldn't wait to see them, especially as each season rolls round, you couldn't wait to hear their medleys. (laughs) <laughs> that's really geeky of me but it's a real thing like in the 80s and 90s specifically i remember making a point to go and try and see the veil especially if it was a medley competition because they used to draw so much inspiration from the celtic scene because of what gordon duncan was doing so their medleys that they had were so different from everything else they were one of those bands that really pushed the envelope musically and their medley selections were just outstanding Then, of course, since the year 2000s and onward, the band really did seem to struggle, however. They did seem to be on a very slow but steep decline. They struggled with consistency in their playing. Tone quality seemed to drop as well, along with their medley selections, just seemed to lack that bit of fire. But since Cram took over in 2008, the band seemed to be raising in quality again. In fact, we've spoke about them recently here on the show that the Vale would have, especially this past couple of seasons with Eddie Hoy in the back line, the Vale had certainly become one of those bands that you could never count out. If anything, we were going to be favouring them for 2019 to be building towards something huge. So, with that in mind, seeing how this has now happened, it's absolutely heartbreaking. <laughs> like, for everybody in the band, not even down to the very management, the players, the supporters... Everyone involved in the Vale of Athel here, this is a tragedy. There's no three ways around it. This story sucks. So with that in mind, we haven't seen the end of the Vale of Athel, though, however. Well, I dare say we will see them again. So, yeah, they have their Grade 3 band, of course, and their Grade 4 band. And, yeah, I dare say they will probably rebuild and head back into Grade 1. With that in mind, we'll talk more about the Vale of Athel situation later in the podcast as we tackle Grade 1. The state of it. (laughs) Alright, let's fly on. A little bit of Big Rab Show news. Yeah, we announced recently that this week on Fuse FM, Balamoney, our own radio show that we do, live two hours every week of piping goodness. You can tune in live, by the way, on uh, our website, thebigrabshow.com. Just tune in, 7pm UK time, uh, Tuesday night. So this Tuesday, the 11th of December... We have booked possibly one of the biggest interviews that we are likely ever to book. This has been five years in the making, and I'm not joking. It's been five years of relentless emails, phone calls, conversations with people to try and pin this down, and we have finally done it. We have booked Pipe Major Richard Parks, MBE, Pipe Major of current world champions, the Field Marshal Montgomery. He'll be coming on to our live radio show this incoming week. To give us an interview. Now, can I tell you just how stupidly excited I am for this? Honestly, it's been five years of me chasing, emailing, phone calling, and now finally here it is. Richard will be sitting in the guest chair in Fuse FM Balamoney this incoming week, and I am a nervous wreck. (laughs) It seems to be after all this time of trying to catch the white whale, and now you have the white whale, it's like, 
oh my god what what do i do so that is where i am at at the moment i am still in a state of shock that richard has agreed to come on the show in the first place and do two hours worth of live radio with us i honestly cannot wait for this it's going to be insane but also to have the opportunity to speak to this man and to ask him questions and to get his opinions for a man who has been so successful in the piping world we know very little about him Richard Parks is somewhat of an enigma in the piping world. We don't actually know much about him personally. So for me, myself, my own opinion is that I want to know more about the man behind the myth. What does he do to unwind? You know, does he drink a gin and tonic in the evening? Or, you know, what's his favourite beer? You know, does he go to the beer tent? I, ah, so many questions. You know what I mean? Like, whenever it comes to interviews in the press and everything with Richard, they're always really buttoned up, in a way, and asking real hard-hitting questions about tune selection and different things like that. Yes, we will possibly ask those questions, too. The hard-hitting questions that possibly you guys want to know the answers to, we will certainly ask those of Richard. But we also want to ask the light-hearted questions. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, what's his favourite brand of trainers? Does he follow any kind of football team or anything? Does he follow sports at all? Um, what's his favourite movie? Is he a Star Wars fan? <laughs> I don't know. Has he ever read a comic book? I, <laughs> I don't know. It's all these types of questions that people never really think of. And that's what I want to know. You know what I mean? So this is what I want to put to you guys here on the podcast. I want you to email us in. BigRabShow at gmail.com. We want you to get in contact with us and suggest questions for the legend Richard Parks MBA. Because, no doubt, we will be bringing his interview from Fuse FM. We'll be bringing it here to the podcast for you guys to enjoy. So if you do happen to miss the live show, don't worry. We will have it here on the podcast over Christmas. There you go. So it'll be a wee Christmas box for you. So I have to say, I am absolutely, stupidly excited for this. This interview has been so long in the making. I can't wait. And you guys know, I am a Field Marshal fan. I've put it out there already to much ridicule. I do love the Field Marshal. I love the music they produce. And I do think Richard's management of such a successful band has to be respected in a way. So, yeah, I am eager to pick this guy's brains and find out his motivations, his methods, everything. So with that in mind, mail me in, bigrabshow at gmail.com. I would love to know your questions and i will do my best to gather them all together put them all on a big script and then just sit down and shine a light in richard's face and say right you will talk mr parks <laughs> all right well there you go what an opportunity and again that hasn't even happened yet but i'm already thanking him thanks to richard parks for saying yes to the interview I think it has been a series of five years of relentless, come on, come on, come on, come on, on we? come on, come on in the show, come on, it'll be great fun. Five years worth of that. <laughs> Eventually he cracked and we got him. So, yeah, this is a crowning glory by any means of the word. I think we can honestly hang up our headphones and unplug the mic at this stage. That's it, game over. Uh, I don't know, we got talking to Bill Livingston when we asked him what his favourite cheese is and now we're going to have Richard Parks on and ask him, uh, yeah, does he ever wear odd socks? I don't know. <laughs> uh, what's the most random question we could ask him? Can you drive a tractor? I don't know. You guys can mail us in, <laughs> bigrabshow at gmail.com and we'll do our best to bring as many questions that you guys suggest and bring them to Richard. Now, I have to stress... Try and keep them clean. Don't get me in any kind of trouble, please. Nothing that's R-rated. That'll be for the guys at the Chandler Rap Podcast. Anyway. Yeah, so, like I said, before we get into this week's topic of the week, please get along to our Patreon page. Next week, we are releasing episode 100, but if you want to hear it early, go along to our Patreon page and click support for as little as the price of a cup of coffee. Yeah, you get tons of extra content. We've been really busy over there. Tons of videos... Lots of content and stuff's all been posted up there, but it's all locked down for Patreon subs only. So the only way you can get your hands on all this extra content is to click that support button. Now, recently we have seen a big influx, like I said at the start of the show, so thank you to everyone who's been doing so. All right. Now, people have been emailing in, before we get into topic of the week, they've been emailing in saying, well, we continue to podcast over the course of the holidays. Now, I have 
kind of crossed my mind whenever episode 100 drops that I may take a break. I may actually take a week's holiday. Because this has been relentless. 100 episodes without a break. It's time for a holiday, isn't it? But do you know what? I, the pipe band world never stops, so why should the Big Rab Show, is my own opinion. Yes, I may well need a holiday. <laughs> and things can be getting crazy here in the Rab Show, but nah. To answer your question, will we have podcasts over the holidays? Yes, of course you will. So yeah, stay tuned. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, because with each and every week, you'll get a notification. Bing! that Rab's uploaded another one, and yeah, you'll never miss an episode. I normally say that at the end of each podcast, so there you go. I'll put it in here at this point. Yeah, Grant, let's fly off. <laughs> a little plug for the merchandise, first of all. You guys have been insane this last week. We have been sending out orders upon orders of Rab Show merch. Now, it's going worldwide at the moment. We actually sent out uh, a batch that uh, was going out to South Africa this past week, which was really impressive. So thank you so much, everyone who ordered shirts there in South Africa. Thank you. Uh, it should be on your way now. Uh, by the way, they were just in the mail this morning, whenever I'm recording this. So, yeah, Rab Show merchandise is flying out the door. So thank you to everyone who's buying shirts and hoodies and stuff really does mean the world uh every shirt and hoodie and all that sort of stuff sold really does help support the show and uh yeah if you do manage to get your merch for christmas then please do send us a selfie with you wearing our stuff and we'll happily share it out on our social media if you haven't yet please do go along to the bigrabshow.com click on the shop icon and all of our stuff is all up there our hoodies our t-shirts and embroidered polos are very popular at the moment and uh yeah get them ordered before i think at the end of next week is the cutoff so yeah, for postage for Christmas and stuff. So we are sending stuff internationally and we do hope to reach you before Christmas. Uh, so if you are getting these in as Christmas gifts, please let us know so we can make them as a priority postage so we can hopefully get them to you before the big day. So with that in mind, go to com, click on the shop and get your merch in now. Grant. Okay. <sighs> Like I said, it's been a hectic week in the piping world, and there's tons of stuff I didn't even talk about. The Scots Trad Music Awards went incredibly well for us piping fans. Up and coming act of the year, shout out to Ascent. Uh, Pipe Band of the Year, Scottish Pipe Band of the Year went to Inverary, which was two years in a row. Well done, Inverary. Woo! Scottish Pipe Band of the Year. Not bad at the Scots Trad Music Awards. If you haven't caught it yet, please go to BBC Alba. The award ceremony was all broadcast live on BBC Alba. Definitely worth checking out because, like I said, for us piping fans, some of the performances on the night, just breathtaking stuff. If anything, they should possibly release the performances at the award ceremony as a CD. I would buy it. It's awesome. So go along to BBC Alba. Go and check it out. If anything, they've been pumping out the material recently. A lot of stuff from Piping Live of the festival and everything from 2018. Tons of gigs and things that they've managed to film are all being published now and all being put out there on the airwaves. So, yeah, BBC Alba, it's a place to be if you're a Piping fan. So I know I'm not supposed to be really publicising and promoting other media outlets, but definitely go and check out BBC Alba. They've been pumping out the good stuff. Uh, Grant. <laughs> I'll get the topic of the week yet, won't I? There's just been so much stuff. So much stuff, it's ridiculous. Like, the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland have been furiously working at the minute, putting stuff together for their huge concert made in Scotland for the Celtic Connections. I'm sure we'll talk about that. St. Lawrence Atul have also been on the promotion trail, uh, promoting their big uh, concert coming up in the Armagh City Hotel, Tourist Kjol. They're coming back again. I'm sure we'll be talking more about that as well. The RSPBA, Northern Ireland branch, are talking about their school semester is actually finished for Christmas, telling everyone that the first week is back in the 12th of January. <sighs> 12th of January, the new semester starts again. So there you go for everyone, part of the RSPBA piping and drumming school. <sighs> There's just too much. There's so much stuff going on in the piping world. Sometimes it's nuts and I can't get it squeezed into one hour long podcast. <sighs> Ridiculous. All right. Do you know what? It's time for a cup of tea. <laughs> it's time for the topic of the week. LoneStarPiper.com Serving the piping and drumming community in the USA for over 10 years. Featuring R.G. Hardy's full range of backpacks, including Henderson and Celtic themed lines of kilts, doublets and bespoke Highland wear like sparns and cap badges. LoneStarPiper.com Also offers tailored payment plans for any set of backpacks. 
If your drum corps needs a new look, they can help you with a full custom design from Adanti Drums and custom bass heads from Evans and Remo. If you have any questions about any of the major brands they carry or getting that true, unique look for your band, you can contact Jeremy at sales at LoneStarPiper.com. LoneStarPiper.com. Check them out. The Harris Kilt Company, 150 Sandy Row, Belfast, offering high-quality garments with unique styles, enough to cover any wedding, formal event, or even pipe band competition. They can offer a full range of kilt and jacket combinations, all completed with Highland accessories, all available for sale or for hire. If you're looking for a Highland-inspired outfit of the highest quality, then look no further than Harris Kilts. HarrisKilts.com 150 Sandy Row Belfast. Check them out. Are you on the lookout for a set of vintage pipes? Then look at Source Bagpipes. Bagpipes ranging from McDougall, Glenn, Stark, McKinnon, McPhee, Henderson, Laurie and Sinclair and many, many more. In addition, brand new set of pipes by Booth and Pettigrew. They have a no-quibble return policy with 25% deposit securing any set of bagpipes. Also offering a full payment plan to be able to pay for your set of pipes over 12 months. Source Bagpipes now have a range of vintage pipe chanters and vintage practice chanters in stock and are all up on their website, sourcebagpipes.co.uk. Contact Ross for more information. Yes, indeed. It's time for Topic of the Week. And what about that? That's a shout-out to our patrons there. Those guys that have clicked that support button on our Patreon page. Uh, yeah, with every click of support, it really does mean the world. So thank you so much. All right. You've clicked on this week's podcast for a reason. And, yeah, let's talk about it. The state of Grade 1 at the moment. Now, as we mentioned earlier in the show, we were talking all about the controversy that happened at the Vale of Athol. Now, the Vale of Athol Pipe Band are not the only band to fall victim uh, to having to fold this year. And I guess this is what we're going to talk about. Why is Grade 1 suddenly in a state of decline? Now, I would argue Grade 1 has been in a state of decline, not just this year, but it has been in recent years. Whenever you consider about two years ago, in fact, I think this was on PipesDrums.com, excuse me, it was on PipesDrums.com, Two years ago, there was over 30 Grade 1 bands, and now, here in 2018, there's 22. So very clearly, there is a problem with Grade 1. Why is it going downhill? What we should have is a growing art form. We should have something that's constantly improving and getting bigger and better. But what we're finding is once bands hit the top spot and they get to Grade 1, then... They last so long, and I don't know if it's part of being part of the grade one pressure cooker that we have now. Eventually, something just has to give, and away goes bands, you know? Just disappears. So, with that in mind, is there anything we can do to help solve the situation? First of all, let's get it down to brass tacks. Why are bands suddenly up sticks and dissolving when it comes to grade one? Whenever you look at the trends of bands that have had to fold, it is all simply down to one thing. Numbers. It's numbers. It's actual physical grade one players. Or the lack thereof is the reason why the bands have to pull the plug. Granted, Dyko Triumph Street had to pull the plug because of financial reasons. But most occasions, I think that's kind of the anomaly. On most occasions, most grade one bands have to pull plugs because... Of a lack of numbers. Now. Excuse me. Whenever it comes to grade one. You do expect a certain type of caliber of player. In order to play in the top grade and be competitive. You're looking for the cream of the crop. You're looking for the best of the bunch. And from my experience. That can be hard to find. Whenever you consider bands such as Inverary, Field Marshal, Scottish Power, Shots, all these big, big bands, they all have a big process to go through before you even step foot in their band hall. You have to go through a bit of an audition process. You have to learn reams and reams of music. You honestly, in some cases, 
have to serve your time before you actually make the ranks of the big band. Yeah, for example, I think the Vale of Athol was one of them. You actually had to serve your time, possibly in playing in their Grade 3 band, as you were learning the Grade 1 material. That same could be said for the likes of even Simon Fraser and stuff like that, where they had various different feeder bands. Same could be said for Boghall as well, with their juvenile bands and everything. All these bands all have a system of where they get their players from and how they get them. Is that too stringent? Are the expectations set too high? Perhaps for some people, competitive piping is where it's at, and that's all they're concerned with. And when it's all-consuming, of course you're going to play in the top grade with the top band that you can get yourself through the door of. So, yeah, for some people, that is not the priority. And I know that may come as a shock to some whenever I'm talking to competitive piping fans. But, yeah, for others, winning Spikey is not the be-all and end-all. And for those who have possibly lifted that world title, after that, there's no topping it. So, in a lot of cases, players hang up the pipes. Now, that is very much the case we have seen in recent years. Now, I'm not talking about Inverary, I'm not talking about Field Marshal, I'm just talking about overall in general. Once a band seems to have peaked, we notice at the end of each season... There is a decline in numbers, especially in the top grades, whenever you're talking grade 1 and grade 2, in fact. Once bands hit that top spot, or at least in their minds, if they reach as high as they think they're going to get, then there is a decision that's made by that player to suddenly pull the plug. Which is why I was preaching to you on last week's episode, the winter months are so important. It's so difficult to keep your motivation through these winter months. And I guess that's what happens. Once the season finishes, the gully brogues come off. You know, (laughs) the heat gets, the feet get through up in front of the fire and you're sitting at home watching your Netflix. And the last thing you want to do is head out the door in the freezing cold and start learning your stress bays again. I guess what I'm trying to say, player motivation plays a huge factor. To have that motivation to want to win and to be a part of the grade one a competition field in the first place takes a serious amount of motivation. Now, I have been involved in Grade 1 competition myself, and I do know the amount of sheer dedication and work that it takes even just to be a part of it. I can't honestly say that I was part of a band who was winning prizes all around them in Grade 1, but I was part of a band who was out there competing, and I do know the level of work that had to get put in, both pipers and drummers. And that work work level for some can be too much. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say first of all. Bands in grade 1 who struggle out each every year really struggle to get people in through the door. So the likes of these big bands when you're talking about your Scottish Powers, your Field Marshals, your Inverarys. Whenever they have this huge selection process that can be a bit of a stumbling block for some people. However... These bands are striving for excellence, so we can understand why that process is there. But I would pose the question that perhaps it's a little bit too stringent. Hmm. Also, another huge factor whenever it comes to Grade 1 has to be what everyone was talking about last season, and the season before, and the season before that. And yes, here it is again, it's raised its head. The number cap. <laughs> it's been suggested by a number of sources that the size of bands are just getting too big. Now, with that in mind, we have had the discussion and the debate on this show for quite a number of weeks, a good while ago, all on the number cap. The reasons before for it and the numbers, or the reasons against it. What's wrong with me? can't talk. So, <clears throat> yeah, I think the number cap thing... <sighs> Last year, whenever we talked about the number cap thing, I honestly was on the side of perhaps we don't need the number cap, all right? Because bands will naturally come to a large size, and we already know how big is too big. Do you know what I mean? We do know bands that have pushed that envelope, and we already can sit back and say to ourselves, that's too much. So bands will naturally kind of govern themselves. Well... I am now of the opinion, looking at the recent decline in Grade 1, and Grade 2 as well, mind you, I'm not just discriminating here about Grade 1, I'm also talking about Grade 2 and even possibly the lower grades as well, a number cap could possibly be a big 
help. Because bands then would really have to concentrate on getting the best possible players into their band. And anyone else who doesn't make the cut but still wants to play then can go elsewhere. You may well see other bands around the country or around wherever you live. They may benefit from this. And this is the one positive thing we could possibly take from bands in Grade 1 being on the decline. Just look at Darko Triumph Street when they had to pull the plug. As terrible as it was, and I hated reading the news out here on the show, it also benefited quite a number of bands on the flip side. We had two guys, two of the Pipers, going to Royal Borough of Stirling to take over as the leadership there. There's also, I've heard, a good number of players from Dago who have went elsewhere to other bands within Grade 1. Now, that's helped bolster the ranks of wherever they've went to. So, as negative as it could be to see Dago go, it also could be seen as a positive for bolstering up other bands within that grade or other grades. So, whenever a band does fold or decide to pull the plug, it can be a help to other bands. Now, I know that's really terrible to say that, but it's very true. Here's the Vale of Athol have now stepped back from competition. And, yeah, I dare say all of those players in the Vale will not just simply disappear. I am sure they will continue competing somewhere. Now, whether it will be with the Vale and they have their Grade 3 band and the Grade 4 band there, who knows? They may continue competing there. But they may also head elsewhere. They may head, they may head to their local small community band that's next to their front door. And um, maybe that band hasn't been off the road or has been off the road for years. And this may be the motivation that that particular player needs to try and get the band up off the, off the ground and back into the competitive ways. We've seen it happening time and time and time again here in Northern Ireland. There are bands who hit the grass and compete, then fold. Then... Suddenly, about a couple of years later, they're back on the grass again. Why is that? Well, it's all to do with the movement of players. We affectionately know it as the uh, transfer season, and it's a big thing here in Northern Ireland specifically. But I'm sure it's also a big thing internationally as well. So whenever it comes to Grade 1, for some reason, when bands hit that top grade, they really just seem to last a wee while. Then that's it. Done. Over. And then they all go back to their own small community bands and start over. So, with that in mind, what's happening in Grade 1? Will the number cap help the thing? Hmm. It's been argued, and I can honestly see the benefits of it now, to be painfully honest. I can see possibly having a number cap could benefit smaller bands. Because it would help the smaller bands be more competitive against the big guns. Whenever you see the likes of Inverary or even in recent years, we've had the Spirit of Scotland pipe band, who were just huge. Like, come on, they had two two rows of tenor drummers. That was a massive band. And realistically, was it, you know... Well, actually, I don't like picking on them. But Ravara Pipe Band are possibly a recent example of a band who have suffered in the numbers game and as a result of competing in Grade 1, found it difficult to compete at Grade 1 level because they had so few members. Whenever the likes of the Spirit of Scotland Pipe Band marched on with their 300 pipers or whatever, and then Ravara came on behind them, clearly Ravara did not have the breadth of sound of... A huge band would have. So did that give them an advantage? Did having more players fielded on the grass give them more of a voice? Give them more of a shout whenever it came to prizes? Some would argue yes. And some would argue no. Uh, I would have argued no before. But now I can see it. Possibly. It may have. I don't know. <laughs> the number cap is still something that can be debated. I guess the biggest thing about the number cap debate is that it's only been debated here through ourselves on the Rab Show and on social media and through all our different podcasts. I think the guys at Grace No Vortex talked about it. I think the guys at Chandarant talked about it as well. The number cap thing will not go away, especially whenever we're now seeing that Grade 1 seems to be on the decline. There's no... New Grade 1 bands, really. There has been bands recently upgraded to Grade 1, which is fine. You know, that normally happens. But the numbers seem to have stagnated in Grade 1. They have reached 30 at a pinnacle, and now we're on the decline. Bands are suddenly dropping out for whatever reason. And, yeah, I would put it all down to numbers. 
players just either pulling the plug for whatever reason, moving to other bands <clears throat> for whatever reason. And yeah, just in general, I don't know whether it's management and how the, the band is managed or what it is, but either way, it doesn't seem to be working. What can our association do to help in grade one to stop the decline? Hmm. That's possibly the biggest question. Our association essentially puts on our competitions and facilitates the competition. They don't actively get involved in the management of bands. But can our association get involved and put some sort of ruling in place to help? I think that's possible. I think if our association have the conversation in the first place, at the minute, they're not talking about it. I don't think there has been ever a recorded conversation talking about the number cap or the possibility of such. I think it was briefly mentioned at one AGM at a local branch level and it was shot down in flames, saying that that will never be considered. Uh, We're not even putting it to a vote. So with that in mind, (laughs) if the number cap is something you guys out there would consider being a possible solution, to what's going on in our upper grades and even our lower grades too. Stopping bands from just simply closing up doors and that's it and folding. To us here in the Rab Show, that's possibly the worst news that we can ever hear is whenever a band has decided enough's enough, we can't continue. That has to be heartbreaking for both the membership, the the managers of the band, the supporters of the band, and for us as piping fans. Like... This is kind of sad to say, but I am still kind of upset that I'm not going to hear Dyko next year. And for me, the Vale of Athol, I've already said it before. They were one of those bands that you were really excited to see. And yeah, we're not going to see them back in grade one again for a while. Now, will we see them back again? Of course we will. I can almost put money on it that this is not the last we've seen in the Vale of Athol pipe band. For a band like that that has such history and breadth of just a legacy in the piping world. This is not the end of the Vale of Athol. As for Dyko Triumph Street, however, I'm really unsure. As for other bands in Grade 1 that used to be there and suddenly, boop, they're away. Will we see them again? Don't know is the answer to that question. (laughs) And I wish I did know the answer. Anyway, cut a very long topic of the week short, because this one's a short one this week. I guess... Our associations, in my opinion, could possibly do something to try and help the decline of Grade 1. For me, I think, like I mentioned it before, Grade 1 is a pressure cooker. The standards are so high that Grade 1 is just insane. You have, I don't know, you have to be almost superhuman to, to play in some of these bands. You know, the room for error is just zero. And, yeah, that has an effect on people. You do have to have a certain level of drive and determination to play, even in these bands. Never mind be competitive. So for those playing in competitive top six grade one bands, they're putting in a body of work which is just insane. Like, I have no, I'm good friends with loads of people in grade one. And they are all frantically working through this winter months now i know guys who are currently practicing three nights a week with their band plus they're tutoring two nights a week so that's five nights a week they get weekends off Uh uh-uh no they don't on a saturday they're on a saturday practice of course because saturday practices have started yeah it's december let's go for a saturday practice and yeah sunday i think is the one day of the week where they get to do nothing but even at that on a sunday for a lot of them It's a time to get caught up with stuff around the domestic home. You know, you have to keep her indoors happy. If that fence is hanging off the hinges, then Sunday's your day to fix it. (laughs) So the rest of the time is spent out and about practicing and piping. So with that in mind, it does take a level of drive and determination to compete at the top level. Are we expecting too much from our grade one bands? The level of perfection where we are now is astronomical. And we expect it as piping fans. If someone has a slip-up in an introduction, it's all talked about. It's all over social media and going, Oh no, somebody missed their intro. <laughs> their pipes failed. Oh, didn't get their pipes up. 
da, da, da. Oh, somebody had an early E. I could still remember where I was when Daco Triumph Street came to the, the UKs and had that early chanter. People still talk about it. It's one of those things. Standards are so high in grade one. It's ridiculous. So is that a result of so many bands folding because they just simply can't compete at that level for that prolonged length of time? That's a discussion in itself. But the number cap is another thing. And also, I want to throw in a third one. Before we finish this topic of the week, I want to throw in a third one. For all of our grade one bands that are competing at the top level, a good lot of them have associated sponsorships. Just look at Inverary. Their drums are all provided by Adante. They have sponsorships with G1 and all of that sort of stuff. They have various different sponsorship agreements with companies all across Scotland who provide them with instruments, uniforms, etc., etc. The exact same, actually, for Field Marshal. Their drums are provided by Premier and uh, their instruments, I think, by R.G. Hardy. And they have their uniforms from there as well, different things like that. Of course, St. Lawrence Atul, another band. Their drums are sponsored by Premier. They're all provided, set up, and everything's shining perfect. I think, again, they have various different instrument uh, sponsorships again. So, again, these bands do have various different sponsorship agreements, which allows them to be that bit more financially secure. A lot of bands in Grade 1 don't have that luxury. A lot of bands in Grade 1 are just like the bands in Grade 4. They are frantically fundraising every year. The membership of the bands themselves are severely out of you know pocket, travelling to competitions, travelling to band practice two, three nights a week. And yeah, the upkeep and maintenance of their instruments and their uniforms and all of that comes out of their own pocket. The band doesn't pay for it. So yeah, being in a grade one band is a financial commitment. Whether you'd like it or not, the facts are there. <laughs> Yeah, some of the top, top, top grade one bands do have that luxury of having associated sponsors. Uh, just look at People's Ford, Boghall and Bathgate, and look at Shots. They have that big sponsorship as well through, I think it's a life insurance company or something like that. But yeah, these bands out there, they need money to maintain and they need money to function. And a lot of bands in grade one don't have that luxury. So whenever we talked about Darko having to fold for financial reasons... You can really see why. Because there was a band who was travelling transatlantically to come and compete sometimes two, twice a year. Yeah, they came over twice this past season, I think, didn't they? Belfast and then the, to Glasgow. Um, so with that in mind, it takes a serious amount of finance to run grade one bands. And to try and manage that and keep that going in itself can be a challenge. Now for some bands, it's just a case of basically cannot afford it. So whenever you've seen, like I keep referring to Darko Folding, but again, that was a prime example of, yeah, the finance just wasn't there and was unable to continue. So as much as I'm saying numbers is possibly the biggest reason, eh, yeah, I would say number two would be the pressure cooker. Definitely, that's a factor. But number three would have to be finances. Yeah, that's one to consider, especially... I mean, everyone in the lower grade perspective, I remember playing grade 4A and looking up at Field Marshal and they're sitting with their brand new shiny drums and being insanely jealous, thinking, oh, they get them drums all paid for. Look at us, we have these premiers for the last five years and they're just the dirt's hanging on them. So <laughs> I can understand wholeheartedly the jealousy that is there. But I have to stress, the membership of the bands themselves still are out of pocket like you and I. They still pay their travel, they still pay their way, and yeah, they're fans of the music every bit as much as we are. So, financial arrangements do need to be looked at when you're considering competing in grade one. Now, can our association help with that as well? I would argue, yes, most definitely. Whenever you consider our world championship winning pipe bands, gets a wee piddly check that is... I don't know, it's I don't know. It's nearly insulting the amount of money that you get for a grade one world championship. I'm not even gonna dignify it with telling you how much it is. It is kind of insulting. Whenever you consider the amount of sheer work, blood, sweat and tears that went into lifting that prize in the first place, and uh here's a wee handshake, pat on the back, go home. <laughs> 
Yeah, I honestly think prize money from our Royal Scottish Pipe Band Association really does need to be looked at. I heard a rumour, and I don't know whether this is true or not, but there was a competition recently held in the United States for drum majors. Whenever a drum major was to win first place at this competition, they actually won a brand new car. They won a trophy and a sash and everything, and that's very cool, but they actually were given a car. That would be absolutely unheard of here in the UK piping scene. If if anything, if that was to happen, you may find that there'd be more people getting involved. (laughs) If there was big prize money involved in winning prizes over here in major championships, you may find the piping world suddenly becomes extremely popular. (laughs) So, with that in mind, I would leave you that with food for thought. Prize money here in the UK sucks. There's no three ways around it. Our Pipe Band Association has thousands upon thousands of pounds in the bank. And that money is there to invest in our piping world. And unfortunately, we don't see any of it coming through as prize money. So perhaps that could be something our association could consider when they're coming to their next AGM. Anyway, I'll leave that as a subtle hint for you guys. That's it. Episode 99 is in the can. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Like I said, it's been an interesting topic of the week this week, given the whole situation with the Vale of Athol. Just horrible news. But, yeah, I hope you guys can join in. Let me know what your opinions are on the decline of Grade 1. Is there anything more that we can do to stop it from happening? Or, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Email me in. BigRabShow at Gmail. Dot com. Now, before I go, let's talk about episode 100 that you're about to listen to next week. I have to say, from the bottom of the soles of my shoes, a massive thank you to absolutely everyone who was involved in episode 100. Now, there was a huge team of people behind it all, all of us here in the Big Rab Show team who put everything together. It was a serious amount of work, <laughs> not going to joke. And to everyone who hit the stage that night, absolutely incredible i cannot thank them enough we have been releasing uh, loads of stuff on our patreon page if you are interested you can go now go and click support on our patreon page and for as little as a price of a cup of coffee for the month you can go and enjoy episode 100 right now including tons of video footage like i mentioned earlier it's all up there on our patreon page well worth checking out so if you do want to go and hear episode 100 early go along check it out It's on our Patreon page. Click support. So, yes, to everyone who came through the door at episode 100, you guys were part of something incredibly special. You helped us raise over £500 for a piping and drumming charity involved in teaching kids all around Northern Ireland, which is just invaluable. Uh, Really can't stress enough. Thank you. And to all of our associated sponsors of the night, we had loads of people who donated gifts and prizes and... uh, yeah i just cannot thank you enough episode 100 will drop next week and it's possibly one of the proudest moments in my life so thank you um let's fly on (laughs) i need to go out the door i need to stress again like i mentioned earlier you want to tune into fuse fm this week because we have the biggest interview that i will have ever possibly do mr richard parks mba will be live in the studio at fuse fm balamoney and this is going to be something you'll not want to miss. So get your questions into us. BigRabShow at gmail.com. And we'll do our best to ask the piping legend, Mr. Richard Parks, your question. So are you interested in what his favorite cheese is? Or does he, I don't know, what does he eat for breakfast the morning of a world championship? That's an interesting one. Tons of good questions. Get them into us. BigRabShow at gmail.com. And we hope to see you on Fuse FM Balamoney this week, 7 p.m. UK time. You can tune in on our website, thebigrabshow.com. All right, that's me. Episode 99 is in the can. Don't forget to get your Christmas presents in. Go to thebigrabshow.com. Click on the shop icon. Get your T-shirts, hoodies, polos, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, if you have a loved one in the house who listens to the show and would love to rock, rock some Rab Show merch, then... Head along to our website. Yeah, they're all up there now. Grant, we shall see you next week for the big one. The biggest show possibly here that the podcast has to offer. The Big Rab Show Live, episode 100 in the Terrace Hotel in Marafelt. Yeah, oh, I'm so excited. That's it for episode 99, though. <laughs> we shall see you next week. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. 
Thanks so much to our sponsors, G1 Roots, played by bands around the world, including our current champion of champions, Inverarian District. Don't forget to check out TheBigRabShow.com for all of your Big Rab Show merch and news, views and chat throughout the week. Until next time, guys, we'll see you right here on The Big Rab Show Podcast. All the best. <laughs>